This is Chicago's new home of the White Sox. A titanic home run from Luis Robert. ESPN 1000. My goodness. Chicago's home for sports. It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. With your host, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller. And two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov. The home loan experts, ComEd's energy efficiency program, and Harry's Razors. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Booms, booms, booms. Booms, 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 booms. Well, even though it may have been predictable, that does not mean it is any less painful. The Bears season, the 2020 season, and the 2021 playoffs is officially over after the Bears fall to the Saints 21-9 today. With an absolute garbage touchdown on the final play of the game. What would have been a 21-3 final. They've had the stats there at the end, but it was was a bad game all around. There were... uh, what makes it worse, probably, and I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith here on the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Bears post-game show, where we're here for the next two hours, taking your phone calls and reacting to the Bears' loss to the Saints today. And and Howard, what maybe makes it a little more disappointing was that there were times where the Bears, if they would not have made some pretty dumb mistakes or just mm-hmm. routine football plays, this game, for them, the defense played really well, and it was right yeah. there for the taking. Yeah, you think about this. Going into halftime, it's, it's 7-3 New Orleans. And, I mean, the Bears are in position. And all they need to do is be able to execute and make a couple plays and, and not have dumb penalties. But they were unable to get out of their own way when the defense was playing so well. Offensively, they just weren't able to get a lot going today. No doubt about it. And, again, 312-332-3776. Howard and, Howard and I will have plenty of pl- to, to say Throughout the show, we'll let you hear from Matt Nagy. We'll check in with Jeff Dickerson. But again, this is your opportunity to sound off immediately after a Bears game. Let's start off with Brad, who's in South Elgin. Brad, good evening. You're on ESPN 1000, my man. Man, (laughs) we all predicted it. But I just have a few things I wanted to say. You know, Nagy always said, be you, be you, when he first came in here. I don't think that was the move because all these players, there's no discipline at all in this entire game. No discipline at all. So them being you wasn't a thing. He couldn't coach discipline to this team. You know, you got the chippiness. We knew it was going to come just from the earlier in the year. And then my other point, and then in my other year or other point is when we run the ball three times there at the end of the half and run it to Ryan All. That was Matt Nagy <laughs> not believing in Trubisky getting yeah. a first down on two yards. Can't throw the ball two yards. Yeah, you're, you don't want to give the ball back to the Saints with, you know, 45 seconds. Throw the ball. You don't do a bunch formation with Ryan Null against that defensive front. Uh, jersey got up, took the jersey off early in the fourth quarter, took the banner down. Uh, let's go Bulls. <laughs> well, Brad, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I think, you know, you start. let's start with your second point. And you talk about not having the confidence in your quarterback to, to try to push the ball down the field. And, you know, that's what's something that we've seen. 
out of this offense really the entire year, not having the confidence to go push the ball when needed to be. Uh, but I think they just made a decision. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're, we like where we are as far as we are positioned. Uh, with the score of this game, and let's just go get into the halftime and, and and see what we can uh, make happen coming out of the second half. It's it's unfortunate, but this is a team, and you mentioned you talk about the lack of discipline. is it, It's unbelievable, and you make a great point. Be yourself. Well, it's not being yourself if you're if you're getting penalties. That's the issue because now you're not just being yourself, but you're being selfish because you're hurting the team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And listen. I mean, Anthony Miller, this was an opportunity for him to step in and actually make some plays because, look, he has been usurped by Darnell Mooney. That's become apparent to anybody who's watched the Bears all season long. Darnell Mooney has become the starter on the other side of Allen Robinson and really has that has limited Anthony Miller's playing time quite a bit. Now, Anthony Miller, I don't think really has anyone to blame but himself. But I think we all thought that Anthony Miller or we've seen flashes from Anthony Miller. He's got talent to be a good player in this league, but. He lacks focus. He lacks discipline. And today was one of the him lacking discipline. C.J. Gardner-Johnson created an issue earlier in the year when you played him in week eight. And they showed the replay on the broadcast, on the CBS broadcast. They showed him getting inside Javon Wim's head. We know that C.J. Uh, Rodney Ga- um, it's hard to say. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, we know that he is the same player who Michael Thomas punched in practice. He is an irritant. Part of his game is getting under your skin, clearly. And for Anthony Miller to allow us – I mean, it's just – I'm sorry. Like, maybe, you know, some people were, were uh, reaching out, Howard, to me on, on social media and saying, look, you know, that's a kind of a weak penalty. He shouldn't have be, been ejected. Maybe we can, we can, you know, debate that. But the reality is, come on, this happened – this same player earlier in the year did this to one of your teammates, and you allowed yourself to buy into this, you know, to the trash talk. You allowed yourself to be triggered in a playoff game when your team was depleted in the receiver category. You, you know, you didn't have the bodies that you normally have because Darnell Mooney was out. That's unacceptable if you're going to be a professional that, that your teammates can count on. No question about it. And, and you know all week. His coaches were talking about that. You know they have. It would be hard for me to believe that that conversation didn't continue to come up all week about watch yourself. Don't get caught up in this stuff. We know what happened last time. You got to be careful. Watch yourself. Don't don't get baited into this. And he gets baited into it. And I get it. Some people may think it's a, it's a you know it's a ticky tack penalty, but you can't swing at anybody. You can't do right. It. And you just, I mean, I mean, just can't do it. And he did it and acts like it's somebody else's fault. No, it's his fault. No doubt. All along. You, you reap what you sow when you do that. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. This is the Bears postgame show brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Plenty of time for your phone calls, but get in early because we are going to hear from Matt Nagy and Jeff Dickerson throughout the show. So 312-332-3776. Let us know how you feel now that the Bears season is officially over. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. Talk Bears with us on ESPN 1000. And the new ESPN Chicago app. Again, back to him. A 
Look at what we were talking about, Jim, right here is, look at, he's wide open by himself. He just made the hard catch, and now the easy one. It's right there. That, my friends, was a heartbreaker. Williams dropping a sure touchdown pass, what would have been a 40-yard touchdown pass, as the Bears trailed 7-0 in the first quarter. That right there may have been the play of the game. And unfortunately for Javon Wims, he wears the goat horns on that one. The goat horns, not the goat, <laughs> but the goat horns on that one. Because, man, Howard, I don't know, you maybe you can maybe you know tell folks what it's like when you know that your coach, your, your offensive coordinator, the play designer, has drawn one up. And he, he's been waiting to pull it out at the right moment all season long. And there's no doubt that Matt Nagy knew he had something he really liked. He had a feeling that an aggressive Saints defense would be more than willing to bite on the reverse action that he was setting up only to have the throwback to Trubisky and then a wide open Javon Wims. And you just, you can't, you can't drop that one. No, no. It, to me, what it really signals is the lack of confidence in your hands. Because that's a ball that you should attack in the air with your hands and go get it as you're running in stride, not trying to let it get into your body and try to catch it in your stomach and cradle it. You yep. have to have the confidence in your hands to be able to pluck it out the air. But a lot of times when you see players catch the ball like that, there's a lack of confidence in what they believe they can do with their hands. There's no doubt about it. That's the expert analysis right there from former NFL champion, two-time NFL champion Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller here on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show. We're taking your calls, 312-332-3776. The Bears season is officially over. Disappointing loss in New Orleans, 21-9. to um, As I was saying when we began the show, it was really 21-3 to with a touchdown on the final play of the game by Jimmy Graham that really didn't mean anything at all at that point. But um, we're letting you talk right now before we bring in Matt Nagy and we hear from him. Let's go to Dave, who is in Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, Dave, go ahead. You are on the postgame show, my man. Hey, Dave. Oh, hey. Hey, fellas. Hey, I called last week, and I was just um, saying, and I know we weren't going to do this, but I was just saying how we had to have Nick Foles play. Because, once again, Trubisky can only throw five yards out, five yards slant, and the things were all on top of that, all on top of that. Okay, now, once again, Williams, you know, him dropping the ball, Trubisky threw a good pass. But after that, nothing downfield was going. That's what I was saying, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. But Foles can see the whole field. He can read defenses. I don't know how many times they said that Trubisky was only looking at two receivers on one side of the field. So we limit ourselves. I know we've been on a good roll, but once again, we're not playing the 32nd, 31st ring defense. Okay, we're playing big-time football, so we need to have the big-time quarterback in there. So, hey, I'm glad we didn't – I mean, I hate we didn't win, but hopefully now we can stop all this talk about bringing Mitch back. Hey, we got to move forward. All right, thanks, fellas. Hey, thanks, Dave. But you better believe Mitch is coming back. I mean, Mitch isn't going anywhere. I mean, who are you going to get? I mean, I don't think they're going to, you know, hitch their wagon to Nick, Nick Bowles at this moment either. So I think you're going to have both those quarterbacks back and fighting it out in training camp to, to see who's ultimately going to be the starter. Yeah, I, 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 boy, it's, I think you may be right, Howard, especially when you look at the way 
the free agency works. And if, you know, assuming Ryan Pace is brought back, I don't know what their appetite is. We've talked about it numerous times now, the lowering of a salary cap. I, I'd be fine if they let Mitch walk. It could be, But the truth is, I, if, if they're prepared to do that as well, then I, I sincerely hope that they, they're willing to find a new general manager then because um, Ryan Pace is now 0 for 3, really, on his quarterback selections. He signed M- Mike Lennon to a, mm-hmm. to a big deal, a big free agent deal, and within four games, he, you know, he was moving to his draft pick, Mitch Trubisky. And we've let that play out, and clearly Mitch, while he has talent, you know, you really you struggle to beat really good teams with Mitch Trubisky. That's kind of his limitation. Right. And then he tried to fix that by bringing in Nick Foles. At this point, Ryan Pace, you know, he's done some nice things in the draft for you know on the defense. He's he's had some nice finds with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Looks like a good player, good uh, good player. And now, now, if you want to talk about a silly penalty, the, the the one he was flagged for, like that's probably the closest to uh, you know the unsportsmanlike that he was flagged for, where he kind of tossed the ball in the direction of a Saints player that ultimately ended like in a, a, an official's hands. Mm-hmm. He was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, if there's a ticky-tack foul that the Bears got called for, that was probably the one that was completely like you could have looked the other way if you wanted to. But, hey, I, you also got to understand, too, that if you're going to let your emotions get the best of you and you're going to do something silly, there's a chance that you're going you're to caught. allow a, refer- a referee to interpret it as you taunting the other team. And that's exactly what happened. Nevertheless, though, I've been you know fairly happy with his production. And so Ryan Pace has some good things on his resume. But you can't keep swinging and missing at the quarterback position. And so if Mitch is not brought back, I, they cannot bring back Ryan Pace to select a fourth quarterback, in my opinion. Well, I, I think that's fair. But, but I think if you don't bring Mitch back, or I think you have to – the organization has to figure out what they want to do. Is, is this a rebuild? Or mm. is this, you know, we're going to – we think we're close. What, what does the organization believe? So if they believe that they're close – you know, they're going to continue to, to try to you know, acquire free agents that are going to be able to help them. But as mm-hmm. you mentioned, with the cap going down, it's a little bit of a problem. It's a yeah. little bit of a problem. And even moving forward, because if you look at it, if we look at it from a, a general manager standpoint, I mean, a general manager is want, going to want to come in and be able to bring his people in and be able to, to hire his coach. And I think that's just one of the things that the Bears – you know, have to evaluate as they continue to go through this process. That's why now for a few weeks now, I've been saying that, that I think they're all going to be on a one-year deal. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, then you go ahead and say, okay, let's give them one more shot at this thing. And then you go from there. But I, I think if you're going to talk about rebuilding and re, uh, trying to rebuild this organization, you're going to have to let the general manager that you bring in here be able to pick his people, and that goes all the way down to front office folks, head coach, and also uh, the quarterbacks that are going to be on his roster. We shall see if the Bears management, George McCaskey, Virginia McCaskey, have the appetite to do that. Let's go to Edison Park and say good evening to John. Hey, John, you're on the Bears postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, man? I'm going to comment about something, but I want to comment. Who, who knows if Mitch even wants to come back to this team? I mean, he's a free agent. I, uh, who knows? He might want to change for himself. You know, they they turn his back sure. on him. He might say, "See you later, go somewhere else." But also, the game was won on the uh, third down uh, inability for the Bears to convert on third down and the inability to get off the field. They went seventy percent on third downs. 
Uh, I think it was like 12 for 17, something like that. So that's where the game was won. The Bears were horrible on third down, and the Saints were incredible on third down. That's where the game was won and lost, right there. Yeah, John, thanks for that. I'm glad you brought up the third down situation because ultimately they were one of 10 in third down the Chicago Bears where the Saints were 11 of 17. And the other thing that, that is kind of shocking, it was actually t- trending last week. Now, they ended up running 49 offensive plays, but I would say, you know, what, six to seven of them came late? I mean, this yeah. is a team. I mean, it, it was like 39 or 40 play offensive plays they had run, but that's a direct yeah. correlation well, to not be able, not being able to convert on third down. Well, here, I'll give it to you, uh, Howard. You said so 49 plays. Um, but prior to, as the game was, you know, winding down and the, the Saints put together those two clock-killing possessions in the second half that just, they drained the clock. They kept the Bears' defense out there in the third quarter. And then the third, and then the drive continued into the fourth quarter, their second drive, two long touchdown drives, that they were just backbreakers. And at that point, the the Saints were already up 21-3, to three, and it was really basically out of hand to begin with. But then they took, after the Bears go three and out, they go uh, they go on another 11-play drive for 67 yards that we all remember winds up on a half-inch shy of going in for a touchdown. And after that, the Bears then, in the final 219, put together their 11-play. So 11 plays oh. in that final drive when the game was already out of hand. So they basically ran 38 plays, mm-hmm. uh, 38 meaningful plays during the real game time because that last drive, I just, I'm sorry, I'm not really going to give you a whole lot of credit for that. So, yeah, they they were playing from behind at that point. And, you know, I, I know um, uh, John, our last caller there, you know, was upset about the third downs. But, I, you know, it's just, it's tough because they were in good position at half. Despite the fact that they were still trailing seven to three, you, you looked at it as a whole and you were like, okay, look, Wims dropped the touchdown and you're in the Super Bowl, Superdome and you've got yourself in a situation where you're whole, the, a, a depleted defense, you know, you consider they, they, they're missing probably their best player all season on defense in Roquan Smith. And then a couple of secondary players in Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen, starters in the secondary. I mean, they came, the defense came to play and held up their end of the bargain in that first half, I thought. And the fact, I'm sorry, like, you know, I'll keep going back to it, but, and you've said it all year long, Howard, about, you know, what is it? Five, there's four or five big plays during the game that mm-hmm. are, need to be made, and those are the difference makers. And Javon Wims is clear cut. That was the play right then and there. If he hangs on to it this game, I don't know how it would end, but it would have been completely different because the Bears would have had the lead going into half, and it just would have changed things dramatically. Absolutely. You talk about the momentum going in the half, going on the road, um, and, and being able to, to be in that type of position, because I thought they were still in great position. Um, they just weren't scoring points. And that has been the Achilles heel of the Chicago Bears team the entire year, about how slow they start offensively, and it kind of puts them in a hole. But today was no different. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Uh, full phone lines here, so 312-332-3776. I promise we'll get to all your calls right when we get back. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post-game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post-game show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 
This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears' season is officially over after losing to the New Orleans Saints today, 21-9. Kind of predictable, but still doesn't make it any less devastating for Bears fans because it was a very winnable game, the way it played out in the first half. And really, it's always something you lament, I think, Howard, when it feels like you have an opportunity to win the game. It's not like the Saints came out and just outclassed them. The Bears had plenty of opportunities, and it was their own mistakes that really did them in today. Yeah, that's the tough part about it. But this is something that's been going on all year, right? When you play better teams, uh, mm-hmm. they find a way not to be able to execute uh, in all phases of the game. And, and this is one of those games that they're playing a better opponent, and they're just not up to the task. Let's uh, continue taking calls. Kevin in Villa Park is on the line, so let's bring him in. Hey, Kev, you're on the post game show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Howard. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Huge Bears fan, but I think we need to worry about the only actual team in Illinois that's going to win a championship soon, and that is the (laughs) Illinois boys basketball team. (laughs) So I'm wondering, boys, they're good, but they can be better. Do you guys – why isn't Io taking the ball more? I think he needs to be taking more shots. I hope he needs to be a little more aggressive. (laughs) What are you guys thinking? I'm hang up and listen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Kevin, I love this it. evening. Right. Just hey, you just said, I'm shifting gears. Let's talk a line about basketball. But we're going to stick with the Bears. But uh, Yeah, there'll be, play, there'll be there'll plenty, be plenty of time, time for that, Kevin. I promise. <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue with the Bears calls. Thank you, though, Kevin. We do appreciate you listening. Let's go on out to Columbus, Ohio. He's a frequent listener. Hey, Stephen, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, man? Happy New Year, gentlemen. Uh I thought this was going to be probably the most least watchable, most boring game in all of uh, playoff games. And for first 30 minutes, at least, you know, they gave us a, a, a dream. You know, they were in it. But the offensive ineptness eventually caught up, and it was just so unbearable to watch. And I thought it was a fitting end for Trubisky era, you know. Well, let's face it, this guy won't be back, even if it's for one year. At this point, I think the Bears really need to really overhaul their scouting and how they evaluate the quarterbacks. Let's face it, they've only drafted a handful of first-round picks, McMahon, McNown, Grossman, and then Trubisky. That's what, in 20 years, four or five? I mean, every great team always picks a quarterback in the later rounds and know how to develop them. Matt Nagy doesn't know how to do that because when he was with Kansas City, they traded for Alex Smith and they drafted Patrick Mahomes. But Nagy certainly has nothing to do with his de- development to where he is right now. So I'm hoping that Ryan Pace is uh, finito, adios, sayonara tomorrow or, or within the next 48 hours. And I just hope that the Bears will continue to hit, uh, you know, continue to go after quarterbacks even in later rounds. You know, who knows? We might have another Tom Brady at pick number 199 at some point. This team is not going anywhere without this quarterback, and I hope that the new 
Yo. Well, I think we lost him there. Yeah, we lost him. He wants a quarterback. I think everybody wants a quarterback. He sure. mentioned, you know, the great the great organizations uh, that are winning games, they, they have their franchise quarterback. And, you know, I, I think for the most part, people think that that's a really easy uh, selection. But, sure. it, but it, it really isn't. And um, I know you can look back at history and, it's, you know, want to rewrite history and say you could have had this guy. And, but there's, there's nothing to say that, that under this current coaching staff, those guys would have been better or they would have even been who they are right now. So you don't know. So you know, that's why I said you have to make a decision. It's, a, it's an organization about which way you want to go because it's, uh, you know, it's difficult to keep trying to find quarterbacks. He mentioned Howard, Tom Brady in the sixth round. I think Bears fans might even settle for Taylor Heineke out of the sixth round at this point after uh, last <laughs> night, right? Um, right. Let's, let's go on out to our man, Mitchell, who's in displays. I have a feeling he's going to be uh, ready to go and light Mitch up. Hey, Mitchell, you're on ESP 1000. I've only got about two minutes before the break, though, Mitchell, so you're, you're warned, buddy. <laughs> okay, I'll make it quick. First of all, last year, Nagy says, you know, I want Mitchell Trubisky to master coverages. He failed miserably doing that this year. In fact, he's never been able to read defenses. He doesn't throw with any torque, touch, or zip on the deep balls. So the, the idea that you want to bring back Mitchell Trubisky is like you're, you're basically upside down. Basically, you have a handicap because he does not throw downfield. He can't read defenses. And by the way, when it comes to better teams in the NFL, Trubisky fails miserably. So, like, I don't understand. Like, why is it so difficult for the, uh, the what I call the Trubisky truthers and the neophytes not to understand that this is a flawed quarterback who has a flawed GM with a uh, what I call a, uh, a head coach that is an overachiever. You know, if that gets you two seasons at 8-8, eight and eight, okay, and basically they have absolutely zero chance. The defense was very solid. I give them a lot of credit considering all the injuries. But if the Bears don't have a defense that scores and basically a running attack, Trubisky's flawed. He's never going to be or beat Aaron Rodgers, who's the standard. The net effect in my final bottom line is – until they make what I call the critical decision to get rid of the those three people, the GM, the head coach, and Trubisky, the Bears will never compete in our division. Wonder what you think. As always, he's, he's a great call. Thanks a lot. I just think, you know, I keep going back to this. And, and the reason I keep going back to what the organization wants to do, because that's what it comes down to. You know, you're going to have to eat some salaries. You're going to have to be able to be in the market for the right general manager that's going to be able to hire the right coach that then can go out and find the right quarterback. Right now, the Bears don't have a shot at, at let's call, the top quarterbacks that are coming out in this NFL draft. So they have to go deep into the draft to try to find that guy. So it, it, it's a tough situation, and I think the salary cap is a big part of, uh, of what's going to slow this team down a little bit as far as what they decide to do. Uh, with the organization from top to bottom, because you know this was a, this was a tough year financially for all the teams. Yeah, no, I fear you may be right, and if that's the case, it'll be interesting to see what direction they do do go with the quarterback situation. I do know that uh, Mitch has already met the media via Zoom. We'll let you hear from him later in the show, but just to let folks know, Mitch said that he's open to coming back to the Bears organization next year. That that's their decision, he said. So. At least publicly, he's saying he's willing to come back, and we'll have to see. Again, I think Howard and I have been over it numerous times. You know, where is the best landing spot for him when you look around the league? Because I think most of the league is going to look at him similarly to the the way a lot of us in Chicago do. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of natural talent and ability. 
But when he dissects the game, that's where it seems to be lacking. And after four years in the league, do you really want to marry yourself to that guy if you're trying to truly win a Super Bowl? I think that's where he's going to have the problem finding a true suitor, if you will, outside of the Bears, who, again, it may just be the familiarity of what you know um, is better than the devil that you don't. But I promise you we'll let you hear from Mitch later on. Up next, though, Matt Nagy met the media, and you will get to hear from him and his thoughts as his team goes crashing out of the playoffs yet again, his second time as the headmaster overseeing a loss, a disappointing loss in the playoffs. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. This is the Bears Miller Lite postgame show on ESPN 1000. Back in two minutes with Matt Nagy. The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. <laughs> The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It all fell apart in New Orleans today as the Bears lose to the Saints 21-9. As I've been saying, a game that was Really 21 to 3, but Drew Brees comes up short at the goal line by an inch on fourth down, and then the Bears go ahead and tack on a meaningless 99 yard drive and a touchdown. No two point conversion there. They lose the game 21 to 9 on the final, and their season is officially over. Right now, surprisingly, for a lot of people, I think maybe not the fact that the Browns are winning, but the fact that they're putting it on the Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, right now, as they start the second quarter, Currently lead 28 to nothing. Um, that one, it got out of hand quickly, Howard, while you and I were doing some postgame show, apparently. <laughs> yeah, this thing hasn't been, hasn't been close. I mean, the, no. You know, the Browns have really been playing well on the offensive side, and Pittsburgh can't get anything going. Yeah, so, uh, so no need to turn to that game. We're here for you. At we're all. taking your calls. 312-332-3776 if you'd like to chime in and discuss where the Bears are at after the season. How do you feel? Do you want wholesale changes, and will you be upset if Trubisky is actually brought back next season? Feel free to give us a call. We'll let you, though, hear first from the head coach who met the media via Zoom just a short time ago. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, it's always difficult coming off uh, a, a loss in any, in any uh at any point, but for us, you know, being at the end of the season, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions in that locker room and just to appreciate these guys. It's been a, uh, a long year. And I just, I, I, uh, I love every one of these guys, these players, these coaches and been through a lot. So it's not, it's not, um, where we want to be. Uh, so we understand we got to grow from this. We got to learn in a lot of different areas. Um, but these guys, uh, um, again, when they fight, and they care about it uh, at this moment. I just, I just appreciate them. And, and, and so uh, as far as the game, third down on offense, we, uh, we struggled, you know, to be one of 10. Um, you know, when you have an opportunity to make some big plays, you got to be able to make those opportunities against a really good football team. You give credit to Sean Payton and, and that team. They're, they, they got a lot of great things going there. They're tough, you know. And so uh, in all three phases for us, we just didn't put it together. Um, and we, we know that we gotta, uh, we gotta be better and we gotta score more points. Um, defensively, I thought our guys came out and fought. We talked all week about getting the ball on the ground, getting turnovers, getting takeaways. You could feel the energy and the juice on the sideline. 
Uh, and so that part was good. Um, offensively, you know, we struggled to get that run game going and we've been, we've been a lot better weeks prior and that we were able to work off of our boots and our nakeds and our play actions. And we just, we struggled a little bit there. So, um, that, that's where I think, you know, that combined with third down and then we had the penalty, uh, in the red zone and it forced us into a third and 20. So times like that, you know, we got to learn from that. And then to have the, the offsides on fourth downs, uh, just just little things like that. And then with Anthony uh, having him get disqualified from the game, I think, uh, you know, our guys got to learn from all of that and, and understand what it takes. So with that, I'll go ahead and ask questions. Matt, you, you said you're not where you want to be uh, at taking into account the whole season and what happened today. Do you believe this team is on track to become a contender or do you believe that major changes are necessary to get there? No, I think, well, well, here's what I would say to that question is, at, you know, making the playoffs is great, but what we did today has to be a lot better, you know? And so how do we do that? Every year is always going to be a little bit different. Uh, that's just a simple fact. Matter of fact, Jason, I just told the guys in the locker room that um, for us to get better and to be uh, the team that we need to be, that's something that we'll do here in the offseason is make sure that wherever there's a weakness, we make it a strength. And that's going to take everybody. So um, today wasn't good enough. And you look at a team like the Saints that has been there, done that on the coaching side, player-wise. Um, I, I think that that's a, that's a start for us to realize, hey, if you want to you go ahead and do damage in the playoffs, you can see situationally, um, discipline-wise, all that kind of stuff, how we got to be better. So we, we, we have to be better in a lot of different areas, and that's my job is to make sure that that happens, and we got to learn from that. So um, I would say, yeah, I mean, every year is a little bit different. Yep. You mentioned Anthony Miller, and you said he's got to learn from that. I mean, you guys already had this happen. You seemed uh, like you felt almost betrayed when Javon Wims did this, and now how do you feel now to see Anthony Miller do it in a playoff game? So here, here's what I would say to that. You know, we – we spent some time now on, on uh, Wednesday morning as a team. We spent time literally showing and explaining a particular player's actions in, in games and teaching it. And, and, you know, that's taking 10 or 15 minutes out of your day, which is precious, right? And so when you do that, I think it's a valuable lesson for our guys is we already knew going into this thing about some of that, right? What are we talking about? Every action has a reaction. And so uh, I think it's a valuable learn, especially when we're, we're low with numbers at the wide receiver position and the value of that zebra position for us. And so, again, it's, it's something where um, our guys, we all got to understand we got to be uh, stronger and we can't have that happen. And we, we, we got to understand that. And, and uh, you're right. That's two times that that happened, and, and we just can't have it. Matt, when you guys dial up that trick play, and it's right there, and, yeah. I mean, Wins just drops it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, how damaging is that for you guys, knowing that you're facing an uphill battle as it is, around the road, you're against the Saints as the playoffs, and did not come away with that play. What does that do for you guys at that moment? So um, I'd be sitting here lying to you, Jeff, if I told you it didn't hurt. That hurt. But I, I'm never going to, you know, you know, of all the people, Javon Williams, um, we've had that. That's been sitting uh, in the playbook now for, for weeks. We, we, we've been practicing that. We had it. Um, we've been waiting for the right time. And our guys knew um, when it was coming early on. And so 
just one of those deals, you, you know, it, it's unfortunate because, again, another learning tool against a team like this, when there's an opportunity to be made, you have to make that play, right? And Javon knows that. I'm not saying anything that Javon doesn't know. He understands that. But we all need to learn that when that happened, Mitch did a, did a great job of giving him a chance and put great air on the ball. And Javon, you know, it just, he didn't make the play. And so now the next step of that, what do we got to do? So when that happens um, to, to teams that got to grow in that scenario is you don't let that affect you. You don't let that deflate you. And so I, I, I really feel like everybody, coaches, players, you learn from that. You say, okay, who cares? Let's get the next one. And, uh, you know, we just never ended up putting points on the board. Matt, the decision to, to run it three times there at the end of the first half, were you just hoping to get into halftime and then try to find some solutions uh, and some answers as an offense at that point? Yeah, we, it was a field position, JJ. I didn't like the field position. And I just, I just thought that for us that we all need to understand. I, I was telling the, the coaches, hey, um, let's, let's, let's see where we can go here, big picture, with, with uh, let's get a first down or two. And the, the field position was so bad that if you, you could see they, they called a timeout on first down and then they were out of timeouts. And so being seven to three, knowing that we're, we're getting the ball to start the third quarter, um, at that point in time, that was really the mindset just because of the field position. Now, you end up getting a first down or two and now it flips. Now you go from that four minute mode to that two minute mode. So, yeah. Hey, Matt, did you, did you get any explanation from the officials on the penalty on Cole? They said that he. The explanation that was told to me is that he was throwing the ball to the player. Um, I didn't, I, I couldn't see any replays, and I was, I was told. I mean, Cole and our coaches on on staff said that he was throwing the ball to the ref, and so I was told that he was throwing the ball to the player like it was taunting. And I, I haven't seen it until this point. I still haven't seen a replay on that. But I will say this: that was a big play in the game, and for us to have that field position we had, um, you know, now it's third and twenty. Uh, I was confused as to what happened. I still haven't seen it, so I, I got to see what happened there. I don't know, but I, I, you know, when Cole says he was throwing the ball to the ref, I, I, until I see it, I got to believe what he's saying. Matt, to, until the very last moment, what about that trick play worked well and, and, and what allowed it to execute? And then just to follow up on the third down, what, what do you see that went into the disparity today, both offensively and defensively? Yeah, so so what's your question on the on the trick play? What was it? What allowed that to work so well for you there? In no, the, here, well, um, that formation and that personnel, we've been running the ball out of a lot uh, all season. And, um, you know, we talked about doing it last week uh, and, and possibility at the right time. But then once we knew going into this week uh, where we were, we knew exactly when we got to a certain spot that it was coming out. Our guys knew it uh, for days. And so it's like one of those ones where you just, you know, especially it was coming, I think it was coming off of a timeout as well. So um, it was, uh, this just one there. The guys executed perfectly. I mean, it's exactly what you want. And he made a great throw. And it's just, we just didn't, we didn't, uh, uh, we didn't take advantage of it. And then the third down, the why part, um, that's a good question. They're, they're really good disguising their fronts, disguising their coverages. They did a lot of zone today, they, which we've been seeing a lot of. Um, they got good players. And and so there was a couple times where uh, I have to go back and watch, but you just felt like whether it was uh, the protection or whether it was a throw or whether it was a, a route. But it just, no matter any way you look at it, we just, you can't be one for 10 and think you're going to have a chance to win the game. You can't. 
Man, you guys, uh, you guys rallied to get into the playoffs, but ultimately you lose uh, eight of your final eleven games. Yeah, is kind of trending positive as you as you look forward to. Hey, we got to put together a plan for the off season. Yeah, so you know when you when you look at it that way and you say, man, you lost you lost this many heading into the the end of it. Um, I think what we need to do as a staff is we we got to say, okay, um, why is that? Where is it? And, and how do we, how do we get better? And there's a, you know, every year is different. And, and you look at this right now and I think um, identity wise as an offense, you guys could see that we, we felt like we, we created an identity. Um, but now what do we, how do we learn from that? Well, part of it is um, you see that in, in games like today, um, no matter what your identity is, you always got to be able to run the football. You have to be able to do that. And, and when I say that, uh, you might not run for 150 yards in the game, but you're going to have a lot more second and fives and second and fours and second and threes, which then keeps you out of the third and longs. Third and longs versus any defense, let alone this defense, is hard. And, um, and so what we need to do is, is we'll do that here in the next coming weeks is, is really start figuring out, okay, uh, where are we? How do we get better? We know this isn't good enough. Uh, and, and what we need to do is do everything we can to be able to win a Super Bowl. That's the goal. The goal is not to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, we just got to sit down and evaluate all that stuff. And we obviously know there's a lot of big decisions. Matt, two-part question. Have you been told that you're back next year, number one? And number two, your staff the last two years has had – two off-seasons has had a lot of turnover. What will you evaluate – if you're back next year in terms of whether you need to make changes among your group. We haven't gotten into any of that, Pat, in regards to that stuff. Um, you know, again, like I told you all at the beginning of the week, we, we've been so focused in on this game. And, and then the same thing goes with the staff. Again, it's like you, you got you, – you all know. I mean, it's probably not just our staff. It's probably a lot of staffs, with whether it's promotions or demotions or whatever. There's always change. That's just, that's, that's just how it goes. So – um, that's something that, you know, tomorrow for us as a, as a team, uh, we'll, we'll do all of our exit interviews and all that stuff and talk to the guys, but that'll be down the road. And, and, um, I, again, I'm just at a point right now where I, I can literally say, just, uh, I, I appreciate, um, um, the fight of these players. And now tomorrow we'll discuss the other stuff. That was Matt Nagy meeting the media via Zoom a short time ago, and you could, um, I think, hear the frustration in his voice about Anthony Miller there, Howard, because he he pointed out how they had gone through the Javon Wims experience <laughs> earlier in the week, and, and they took time, 15 minutes, as he pointed out, 15 precious minutes from their ability to meet with them, and yet still that happens. It's just unacceptable and just goes to – I mean, listen, that's not the reason they lost the game, but it certainly didn't help, and it just underscores some of the undisciplined nature of some of the players at, at points during the season. And it's just – it's very disappointing, you know, when the effort is what it was at this point today. It is, and I thought that they would have had spent some extensive time on what had happened. They clearly did. And for that still to happen now, you know, you have to wonder, you know, what are these guys doing in meetings? How are they dialed in? Are they not paying attention? Is it just about, you know, hey, I want to get my check or or what's really happening? Because you shouldn't have mistakes like that when something is emphasized. First of all, it shouldn't happen. But when you take the time to emphasize it, that means everyone in the organization knows, hey, listen, 
don't be dumb, right? This is what he's going to do. Don't fall for it. And you fall for it anyway? Yeah. Yeah, That's the kind of stuff that that would, you know, if this wasn't the end of the season, if you put put a guy like that on the bench and let him think about it for a while, you know, make him inactive. Because that's, I mean, that's just, it's just stupid. It really is. And I do wonder what it means for the long-term future of, you know, Anthony Miller on this team because he, like I pointed out earlier, like he's clearly lost his place to Darnell Mooney at this point, you know, and this is not the first time, you know, there's been issues with him in terms of just like, you know, not being a professional. Like, you know, there's always been um, issues with his route running ability. If ever he gets, you know, he's been called out in the media at times by Nagy, you know, in terms of not running the routes the way they're, you know, the, at the yardage that they're designated and not, you know, so when you add all this stuff on top of it, you wonder just how long he's going to continue to be in a Bears uniform, especially after what happened today. And Javon wins too, who also was ejected in week eight and then has that critical drop in a playoff game. I mean, I don't know, you know, you, you hate to be too rash about one particular play, but I mean, these are a couple of plays now, and they're and they're game changers, you know. So I, I do and, wonder. But that's what people are going to look to when the coaches are up there in the meetings when they're on their way back. They're going to be thinking about how different this game would be if you catch the pass. How different yeah. the game would be if they didn't have nine penalties. So those are the things that are going to be at the front of these coaches and, and in front office people's minds. And what they have to do because we know how penal. Uh, penalize this team has been this year, but why is it that they don't have the discipline? They need to figure that part of it out too. And ultimately it all starts with the guy in the front of the room because clearly there has to be a lack of respect with those guys that, that they're not buying in. I mean, that's, that's the first thing you have to, to look when players aren't responding to what the coaches are talking about at the front of the room. So that all of those things have to be evaluated as you decide what you're going to do with this team moving forward. So true. That's the voice of two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. This is the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Now, the Bears were not only broadcast on CBS today, they also were broadcast on Amazon Prime. And probably a little bit more uh, importantly, they were on the Nickelodeon broadcast. And that led to a, a strange way for Sean Payton to celebrate the Saints' victory. If you missed it, we'll let you hear what it sounded like next. The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Peyton was a very good sport. He allowed himself to be slimed in the post-game Nickelodeon breakdown as the Bears and Saints game was the first ever game broadcast on Nickelodeon today. It wasn't. Did you get a chance to take any of that in, Howard? At all? Full disclosure: I watched the entire second half. 
Nice. You know, that's, I love it. Give me your breakdown of that. Cause I, I really only saw bits and pieces on social media. And then as the game was completely out of hand in the fourth, then I flipped over, but there wasn't, I, I kind of, I think missed getting a real feel for it because it was so late in the game. What was your uh, thoughts on it? I honestly, I thought it was well done. I, I thought they did a really nice job of, you know, incorporating a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things going on. So there were a lot of things going on the me uh, on the screen as far as what was happening for the first down line or a lot of graphics everywhere. Um, they were explaining, you know, what, what certain penalties meant. So I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think Nate Brosen did an unbelievable job uh, on that broadcast. And I would suspect yeah. that they're going to continue to go down that road because I think it was, were there, were there parts of it that could have been better? Absolutely. But I think this was, I think it was a home run for them. Sure, no, and that's, I mean, of course, you would imagine, like you just said, of course, it's their first broadcast, so I'm sure they could get better at it. But, yeah, no, look, it was an interesting way to for the NFL to try and introduce younger viewers to the game in a way that maybe is, you know, more geared towards them. So that, you know, that's probably, I think for a lot of people, you know, especially if you're even, maybe you're even a little older and, you know, you didn't learn the game like everybody else when they were growing up for whatever reason. Maybe you're not from this country. And so it takes a, the hardest thing about football really is all the procedural things that go into it, the penalties, like it takes a long time to really, especially if you haven't played it to really mm-hmm. understand and kind of, you know, just so you could get, you know, a basic level of understanding of what's going on. And so, you know what, it, you, you make a good point. It, it very well could be something that in the future we're seeing, you know, multiple times a year when Nickelodeon's doing some type of broadcast. And I'm sure if they're willing to do something where, you know, there's a contract there to be had, I'm sure the NFL won't <laughs> turn away from it, right? And, yeah, um, and Jeff, I think this is one of the important things to it. But as a viewer, if I had a, a young daughter, son or daughter, they could actually sit there and watch that game and be entertained. And I don't think that the, the adult in the room would also would be entertained and has an understanding of what's going on. So it wasn't like they dumbed the game down or tried yeah. to make it just for kids to understand. It was just the way it was presented. I think they're on to something doing it that way as far as the family is concerned. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I did see, uh, you know, making the ways around on Twitter, the highlight of Elvin Kamara scoring a touchdown. And, you know, all of a sudden then the explosion of slime into the end zone. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what kids need. You know what I mean? Like, because it is so hard to, you know, to sit still, especially in this day and age when we've got multiple screen experiences going on, it can be difficult for kids to sit down and watch a three hour football game. So yeah, if you give them those, you know, tidbits in there, I'm sure it only helps enhance the experience. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. They're on to something there. All right. 312-332-3776. If you'd like to chime in on the Bears season being over after a 21-9 loss to the New Orleans Saints, let's go on out to uh, Council Bluff, Iowa. And say hello to another Jeff. Jeff, you're on with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, really, I think the thing we got to think about is uh, what's the next step? I mean, you got to obviously fix the offense, but the defense showed some aggression too. But to me, you got to get pace and Phillips gone. And you're hoping if you don't have one of those four quarterbacks in the draft, you got to get one of those wide receivers from Alabama. That's what Nagy wants to do. He wants those fast wide receivers. I think that's the next step. But at this point, I think you just got to look forward. What's the next step? So I think I'm hoping Pace and Phillips are going. I'll, I'll hang up and see what you guys think. Well, Jeff, thanks for the call. I, I get it. I mean, you, you start looking at these Alabama wide receivers. They are talented. Uh, but I think they'll be tough to come by when, when you talk about how they're covered in this upcoming draft. 
Yeah, no, uh, Jalen Waddle and obviously Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, are going to be, well, we know, I, I would imagine Smith is definitely going to be a top 10 pick, and Waddle's got a chance to be, um, and which means that there's a very good chance that neither will be, and of course, uh, since I'm mentioning them, we may as well mention LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase as well, because he's going to be a top 10 pick as well. But yeah, it, it may be difficult for the Bears to get any of those guys because of where they're picking. They will have the 20th pick in the draft now that they've lost and been eliminated from the playoffs. So they will officially pick 20th in the 2021 NFL draft, which means it's probably not likely that they'd be able to grab one of those guys unless they were willing to trade up. And then you get into the question of, you know, is it really, do you really want to add more draft capital for a wide receiver, you know, because that can be, it can be, it's difficult to move up in the first round. It's, you know, yeah. it takes something to move up. Yeah, and, it, and it's hard. I'm telling you, the wide receivers are one of the hardest positions to evaluate um, because a lot of times they're playing against guys that, that, are, that are, are, are nowhere near their talent. I mean, they, they're just able to run by guys. That's why it's important um, to, to look at their route running ability. Mm -hmm. and how they read defenses and some of those things. Because as we've seen in the past, there's some guys that can fly but may not be as adept at uh, understanding the game and reading defenses like a quarterback needs to read defense, understanding what routes need to be run. No, absolutely. Like, look at, I mean, Justin Jefferson, clearly the best receiver, at least rookie this season. And, you know, you had, you know, you had Ruggs. You had Judy, you had CeeDee Lamb all go before him. And now those guys may go on to have much better careers, but this year it was clear that Justin Jefferson's ability, his route running ability is elite. And like you just said, you know, it, it, that's hard to gauge because like during his time there, you know, Joe Burrow was throwing to Justin Jefferson who was wide open so often that, <laughs> you know, all you have to do is do the anti-Javon Wims and hang on to the ball. And, you know, in college football with the, the, that elite skill level, and when you've got a good quarterback thrown to you, you, like you just said, it's very difficult to evaluate yeah, correctly, right. at least. Yeah, um, no doubt. Sneak, sneak in one more call here. Let's try Gino, who's in Elmwood Park. Hey, Gino, you're on the postgame show with Howard and Meller. What's up? Good evening, guys. Well, you know, we, we, we can talk all we want about, you know, changes, this and that. Uh, a little bit of a history lesson. The fortunes of this, of this franchise changed in 1979 when George Hallis' son dropped dead of a heart attack. That, that's when the McCaskies became the stewards of this franchise. And look, mm -hmm. we're on the 35th anniversary of the last Super Bowl. Uh, we've been mediocre at best in these 35 years. I, I, I'm just looking at this and, and, you know, normally you would say a franchise like this has got to get lucky once in a, once in a millennium. We had mm -hmm. our chance and uh, we had a chance to draft two generational quarterbacks and we picked the other one. So I don't see anything going to change yeah, maybe we'll bring in another person. And I know you can't fire ownership. All I'm just trying to tell everybody is just get ready for more of this because it's not going to get any better. And I'm getting too old in my life to uh, think it's ever going to get better in my lifetime. So with that depressing note, I'm going to let you guys go. Oh. And thanks for letting me uh, vent a little bit tonight. Gino, come on, man. It's going to be all right. Hang in there, buddy. I know it's tough, though. I mean, when, when you're a lifetime, lifelong Bears fan and you just can't, seem to get over the hump uh, because you, know, you, you look at franchises, you look at the Can Kansas City, you look at Pittsburgh, um, some of the story franchises um, uh, of the NFL, 
they've been able to find ways to really be consistent. Now, they're not always going to win the Super Bowl, but they're going to, there's not going to be a dramatic fall off, even when they go in a different direction with coaching. And the Bears just have not been able to, to find that, that generational quarterback, at least have not drafted him. And, and they just continue to struggle. And, you know, I keep going back to it. It is so hard to win in the National Football League. It, it, and it's even harder to stay on top as an organization. But you can look around the league and you can see organizations and how they've been able to do it. And when you break it down, you know, management allows you know their, their head coaches, their general managers to run the program. They go out and get the right people, draft the right people, and they're able to go on a run, much like, you know, the New England Patriots have done. And we now look at Kansas City and what they're doing. So it, it's hard to win, though. It, it is very difficult to make that happen to get all those parts to come together at one time. That's two-time Super Bowl champ uh, Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller alongside him here on ESPN 1000, your Bears Miller Lite postgame show. Last one of the season after the Bears flame out in the playoffs today, losing to the Saints 21-9. to We've still got to talk with Jeff Dickerson later in the show. We'll let you hear from Mitch Trubisky as well. But we're going to continue to take your calls and let you sound off after the Bears season is officially done here on ESPN 1000. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.